Anne was born in England, but has lived in the U.S. for most of her life. After graduating high school, she aspired to be a ballerina and owned a dance school for over 35 years. Anne married Bruce Van Hine, and they later had two daughters, Emily and Megan. Emily attended ENC from 2000 to 2004 until a young alum named Scott, who graduated from 2004, swept her away from ENC so she, she could be close to him, and she later finished on college, college somewhere else. And then her youngest daughter is Megan, and they both are married. Uh, she was married to Bruce for 21 years. Bruce was a New York City firefighter who was killed in the line of duty on September 11th. Anne is a volunteer guide with the Tribute Center where she gives walking tours of the World Trade Center site. And if you want to follow uh, Anne on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram, she's on all of them, uh, you really get an inside view of Freedom Tower and all the work and the memorial that's being built there. And she really gives great updates of all the wonderful things that are happening down there and uh, her, her work with the organization. She is also the Children's Ministries Director for Warwick Valley Church of the Nazarene, where she fulfills her passion of telling the next generation. She's also been the District uh, Children's Director for many years, and a place called Camp Deconic is very special to her. And if you drive onto the campground of Camp Deconic, which is the Metro New York District campground for the Church of the Nazarene, as you come up right before you come to the main building, you'll see a piece of steel. Uh, that's dedicated in Bruce's honor, that is from a World Trade Center, I've seen the South Tower, uh, that's dedicated in his honor as a, as a memorial to him. She has been a wonderful servant in the church, so is Bruce. She's been a wonderful servant on the district, so is Bruce. Will you please welcome Miss Ann Van Hine. Good morning. I've um, stood up here before, but it was to hand out trophies for children's quizzing, and that's a whole different thing than standing here now. Um, The song we sang just before this last song had a line in it that um, was the line that got me through the night of September 11th into September 12th. The um, fire department would come to my home around midnight, to tell me that my husband was unaccounted for. And I remember when they came, Charlie, who was um, Bruce's lieutenant and also a believer and a good friend, he kind of hemmed and hawed, and I said, Charlie, just say it. And Charlie said, they're unaccounted for. And I said, you know, I have no doubt that God can get me through this, but I don't want to go through this. And then in my mind, I heard my own words come back to bite me. Because I many times had said to my own daughters, most of life has nothing to do with what you want to do. You don't want to do your homework, and I don't want to do laundry, but you have to do those things. And so when I thought that, I knew that I was going to have to go through a journey that I never expected to go through. I stayed up that entire night because the world the word says weeping may remain for a night but rejoicing comes in the morning. And I had to know that there was another day. And you know what? On the morning of September 12th, the sun rose again, the S-U-N and the S-O-N. 
in the couple of days after September 11th, I would go to scripture to things I already knew because um, your brain kind of gets a little fried when you're going through crisis like that. And I went to a scripture that my daughters had heard a lot, which was our qualifying scripture, which was, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That was always the answer when my daughters say, could we watch? Could we go? Oh, let's see. Does it qualify? It's not their favorite scripture. And needless to say, many times God was saying to me, does it qualify? But I glanced up from those words, and I saw these words, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace that passes oh i goofed it up and the no i didn't and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus and when i read those words will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus I knew I wasn't going to lose my mind and my heart was not going to be totally broken because God was guarding them. Bruce always wanted to be a firefighter when he grew up. Um, It has been said in some circles you can't use the word firefighter and grown up in the same sentence, but (laughs) what can I say? And when we'd been married a year, he was, um, when I met him, he'd just gotten out of the Navy. And when we'd been married about a year, at that point he had his own tree business. He was an arborist, cut down trees, trim trees, all that kind of stuff. And um, of course you can't do that in the winter. And so he had a wonderful work ethic. So he drove a taxi or drove a limo or all kinds of stuff. But as someone that always knew what I wanted to do, this whole, what am I gonna be when I grow up, kind of made me crazy. And so I said to him one day, what did you always want to be when you grew up? And he said, a firefighter, a real firefighter, a New York City firefighter. I said, then go do that. Just do that. So, because it's not quite that simple, but in my mind it was. And he, um, they had a time where you could sign up. So he went and signed up. And when he signed up and he was online, well, actually it wasn't until he was through the line and looked back at the sign, he was one month away from being ineligible because he would have been too old. He filled out the paperwork and he took the test, the written test, and he did well. And he took the physical test and he did well. And he took the psychological test and he did well. Actually, I have to tell you a quick thing. He, go- he really messed with the psychologist, which I don't really think you're supposed to do that. But um, because the psychologist said to him, um, do you have any siblings? And Bruce said, I have a sister. And he goes, where's your sister? And he goes, in Leavenworth. Now, 
Some of you know that Leavenworth, Kansas, is where the federal penitentiary is. So to some people, when you go in Leavenworth, they think you're in prison. So there was a pause, and then the psychologist said, is she incarcerated there? And Bruce goes, no, she lives there with her family. And, and I'm, when he's telling me this later, like I'm yelling at him, because that's what wives do, saying, don't bad, don't you? But um, so the list comes out, and he's pretty high up on that list, and he's going to be a firefighter. Except there was one problem. A lawsuit came against that list, and it took eight years for him to become a New York City firefighter. And in those eight years, he did other things. He became a firefighter at West Point. But in those eight years, the Lord kept saying, it's coming. It's coming. Um, and he became a New York City firefighter. And on September 11th, he was doing his job, a job that he loved. And I can tell you that is why I have never asked why. Because I know why he was there. He was doing his job. The decision to go into those buildings on September 11th, for all firefighters and policemen and the people that do security at places like that, was made long before September 11th. Just like the decision of Christ to go to the cross was made long before the Garden of Gethsemane. Um... God did amazing things after September 11th. Amazing. I hid behind God. I allowed him to carry me. At a point, he put us down, and then he picked us back up. I'm going to just briefly tell you Bruce's events of that day. Um, he was on duty. Actually, the last time I saw my husband was September 9th, 2001. And when he left for work that day, he said to me, I am so blessed. And of course, in typical wife fashion, I said, why? <laughs> and he said, because I'm married to Miss Ann, which I comment, some people wouldn't consider that a perk. Um, <laughs> especially any of you that's been at camp with me, you know that. Um, he said, we have two wonderful girls, which we do. And we've had a great summer, and we had. And I spoke to him again on Monday night, and I can't tell you anything about that conversation. I only remember the Sunday one. He would be on duty, and they would be sent to Lower Manhattan when the first plane hit. And even though his firehouse um, is in the Bronx, Squad 41, near um, a rather large baseball, I guess I'm not allowed to mention the name of that place, um, but you get the gist of where it might be. Um, they, they would, on their way, see the second plane hit. And they would park up on Broadway and walk down Liberty Street, which was, is a street that I walk down many times now, but never walked down before September 11th. Um, and they would go into the South Tower and come across injured civilians and start to bring those civilians down. And my husband would be 
killed in the collapse of the South Tower. I wouldn't know all that for months. See, when you're married to a firefighter, or even a policeman, or even a military person, there's always a possibility they're not going to come home. But the scenario that September 11th created was beyond anything you could have thought of. Um, I would have a phone call in March of 2002 to tell me that they had found Bruce's body, asking me if I wanted to go there to see his body be carried out. And I said, nope, because there are some images I cannot have in my head. And I'm going to go into real mom mode right now and say to you, be careful what you watch. Because once that image gets in your head, you can't erase it. Okay, out of mom mode. Um, but I knew his body would be treated with the utmost respect. It was carried out by firefighters from Squad 41, covered with the American flag, and I have that flag. But you know, if all I can talk to you about is what happened on September 12th, and the days past that, if all I can talk to you about was 12 years ago, then my faith is not living. Because we should be able to say, talk about something God has done every day. Because every day he's doing stuff. I miss it most of the time, but every day he's doing stuff. You know, sometimes we pray, oh, be near so-and-so, be with so-and-so in that hospital room and stuff. I don't pray that anymore because you know what? God's there. What I find I need to pray is open their eyes and their hearts and their ears so they can see him. Um, about seven years ago, some information came in the mail about being doing tours around the World Trade Center. At the, t at the time, it's, it's for the Tribute Center. The actual center wasn't even opened. And I thought, well, I can do that. And um, I went to the training and uh, was terrified on the way there. And when I'm at the training, there's someone in the group who is a pastor. And they say, you know, um, you shouldn't get too political on these tours. And I thought, well, that's fine. I'm not going to get political. But then because there was a pastor in the group, somebody said, well, you shouldn't get too religious either. And the whole thing was about sharing your story. And so I'm just sitting there, sitting there. And you know how God nudges you sometimes? And, it's like, and I'm sitting, sitting, because I, I don't really think he's talking to me, you know. And um, I finally raised my hand. I said, excuse me. I said, you know, if you're saying you can't mention God, then I will respect that. But if you want me to tell my story, my story is God. And so I have to mention God or at least mention my faith. And they said, as long as it is your story, you can mention God. So I do. When I give walking tours of the World Trade Center site, I tell people there are three reasons I've made it through the last 12 years. The first is my faith. Now, if I'm doing a tour from somebody, for a group, and it's from whatever church, and I put that on even stronger. 
because you're not going to, hopefully you're not going to tell me not to talk about God. Um, if you're from a Christian school, I can go for it. Um, and I say the second reason I've made it through the last 12 years is my husband was a New York City firefighter. It was his job. He was killed in the line of duty. And the third reason I've made it through the last 12 years is my family and friends. We don't do life alone. We don't. And you guys are at a wonderful point in your life when you are having pulled away from your parents. You have to because you're becoming independent people. That was your parents' job to do this. But don't ever get so far from your family that you can't get back. But if your family is, cock, you know, not good for you mentally and stuff, then, you know, move away a little bit. <laughs> and find other people to be those roles. Okay? We need those older than us to be mentoring us and those younger than us that we should be mentoring. I, um, had, I had a phone call on April 1st of this year asking me if I wanted to go to Japan with the Tribute Center, all paid and everything. And um, I did ask after the fact if it was an April Fool's joke because it was April 1st, but it wasn't. And I went to Japan as a representative of the September 11th Families Association and the Tribute Center. It was 9-11 speaks to 3-11. 3-11 is the date of the earthquake, tsunami, and then nuclear disaster. And the, and the whole time, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm a ballerina. <laughs> I, can, I can tap dance, too. But <laughs> and I'm saying that in a Nazarene church. You have no idea how strange that is. <laughs> We've come a long way. Um, but you know what? The whole idea of this trip was to bring them hope. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I get to bring the ultimate hope. Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And when we were in Japan, which is in August, um, we were at a um, mental health clinic. And um, there was this young man there, an American an American kid, probably a little older than many of you. He was out of college already. And um, he came over to talk to the psychologist that was with us, and then we did our presentations. And then afterwards, he was kind of milling around, and him and I started talking again. But there was something about this kid that I was like, there's just something off. You know what I mean? Like he looked traumatized. And it turns out that he, um, I found out from our first encounter with him, that he had gone to Japan after the earthquake. He was there with um, an organization teaching English. He was there with JET, I think it's called. And they had sent him to Japan two months after the earthquake to an area that was totally devastated to teach English. And his time is up. His two years is up, and he's leaving. 
And he's talking, and he's not standing overly close. He's kind of maybe where that speaker is. He's like this kind of conversation. And um, finally I looked at him, and I said, could you use a mom hug? This is a tall kid. Now, to be tall, you have to be pretty tall because I'm pretty tall. And he, he says yes, and he burst into tears. And I held this young man in my arms and said, Lord, give me some words here. And I just said to him, you know what? You've done a good job. And now it's time to leave. And you never should have been put in this situation. But you've done good, which is poor English. But I said, and you know what? I believe in God. And I know God does not waste anything. He doesn't. Any experience you have ever had, God will use for somebody else doesn't have to be the identical experience, but most of our experiences are close enough and kind that you can relate. And you know what? If going to Japan was only to give that kid a mom hug, then it was worth everything. I wanted to share with you a couple of things that I know you know but I don't want you to forget. And the first is that God can be trusted. He is faithful. You can trust him. You really can. I'm not saying that's easy all the time, but you can trust him. I trusted him with September 11th with Bruce. I trusted him when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm now five years cancer-free. And I'll be brutally honest with you. It is easier to pray, thy will be done, when you're talking about somebody else than when you're talking about yourself. (laughs) But sometimes life is not lived in years. God never intended it to be lived in years. It says, choose this day whom you will serve. And sometimes you can't live, you can't do life in 24-hour periods. Sometimes when you're going through chemo or whatever you're going through, it's God, give me the next 10 minutes. And he's fine with that. That's how I did it. Okay, God, let's get through the next 10. Okay, we're good. Can we do another 10? (laughs) And no matter what is happening, God is good. To be brutal, brutally honest with you, those shirts that say life is good just annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> because life is not good. I mean, there's good things that happen, but there's a lot of garbage that happens. You know what I mean? Just drama and bad stuff. God is good. He's good. I don't even understand what that word means some of the times. But God is good. And the other part is, God is holy. He's holy. He's holy. A holy God wants to have relationship with each one of us individually. That should make us stand in awe. 
a holy God. And the other thing is, God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And he loves you whether you're tuned into him or not. Because his love for you is not based off of anything you do. He loves you. There is a song um, by Matt Redman, and the lines in it say, Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say, never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful. You are faithful. And I can tell you that that is true because I've lived it. And I haven't lived it particularly well. I am in the remedial class, if God has that, of, yeah, let's learn that lesson again. Um, if you ever come to New York, um, let me know. And I'll give you a tour of the World Trade Center site. It is amazing, the memorial they have built there. My husband would be horrified by it because he would tell you he died in the line of duty. But it is an amazing, amazing memorial. I have one scripture I want to um, read for you. And then I want to, um, you know, if any of you ever did camp with me and you asked me to sign your T-shirt, I write two words on your T-shirt. And those two words are, be there. Meaning, when eternity comes, be there. I may never see you again until eternity comes. And I look forward to hearing all the wonderful, amazing things God does in your lives. But I want to close with this. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness in God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to I lost my place. Oh, no. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm.